Hey everyone, time for Puzzle Talk, the geocaching puzzle podcast brought to you by the Geocache Talk Network. If you'd like to become a patron, click on the heart icon. Huh? Huh? Something different. Click on the heart icon on the front page of the Geocache Talk website or head on over to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get the now famous blackout coins and other geocaching items during the year, as well as bonus content, invites, special events only for patrons. Support levels start at as little as bison tube level, which is $3 a month. And let me welcome our co-host. Somebody's back from oh, wherever oh, he was oh. on top of a mountain, Charles Watkins and Tom Brotherman. Gentlemen. Did you want to go over to the Patreon levels? Uh, there's there's several Tom, levels. Tom is excited for you to do this. Yeah. How, how what what does this level get me now? That level gets you way up there, buddy. That's that's beyond golden ammo can. Show that one again. Look five hundred thousand dollars. That's real money. That's real. real. Money. Right, take it to your bank right now. That's that's slightly more than what what I've got. Oh, look at that! But you got a stack of those. Twenty five thousand dollars. Well, twenty five thousand. Dinars. Dinars. Yeah, that's the post Saddam Hussein money. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I can see some puzzles out of currencies. It is what dramatic. It is very dramatic. Thank you. Yeah, you could, couldn't you? Yeah, you you make some some cool little puzzles come out of uh, some of those. Darren with us again. Thank you for being there, my friend. Uh, it is Wednesday. Hopefully everything's good in the future right now. That's right. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> Pizza, Ninja, Pizza Ninja says, send me the currency and I'll make a puzzle. <laughs> send me thousands of dollars and I'll turn it into a puzzle for you. Oh, all right. So, so Wait, what are we talking about tonight? Oh, what are we're talking first about this crazy thing that's scrolling? The world is that. What tarnation is that one? Oh well. Y'all don't know because y'all didn't watch me figure it out. <laughs> no, we don't no. even know. Y'all don't yeah. know. That's right. We'll have to work on it. So there you go. Uh so yeah, we were talking we three so minutes to figure it out. <laughs> So, no, so where were you last week, Charles? Tell everybody where we, we missed you. Oh, so I am. Um, yeah, you're not at home. Otherwise, no, no I've got these, house. these these Kush a, a condiments um, here. The location that uh, the federal government has put me up in my laps of luxury. Was that a rat that went by? I just saw a rat. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, crawled up on your bed there, buddy. So I, I guess yeah, the government, so government's hurting for money there. I'm on a 120-day detail to the state office in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, so my boss is located in Phoenix. Right. Right now I'm in Lake Havasu City. Um, 
last week I was in Phoenix, uh, the week before that, and starting this Saturday, I'll be back in St. George, Utah. Cool. Um, so I'm on a 120 day detail roughly till the end of November, um, down here working for the Arizona state office. It is a job as a telecommunications specialist. And so in the end, the goal is that I'm going through this training program and we'll be able to shift jobs in careers right. within the federal government and start a job as a telecommunications specialist. That, that means you can answer the phone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little bit on, on occasion. Um, it, it's dealing with our um, UHF radios that we have. Um, and so it'll be installing and troubleshooting radios, our new radio network as we develop and uh, get through stuff. So, yeah. Still within the Bureau of Land it, it is still within the Bureau of Land Management. Um, the Arizona office has um, a multi-agency plan that they have been on. So they do a bunch of work for um, U.S. Fish and Wildlife for their LEO program, their law enforcement program. Is it, wait, it's called LEO? Yeah, the like, LEO law, law Enforcement Officer. That's what we call them. We call them LEOs yeah. too. Um, so the uh, working on a radio puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There, there's so much, but. We've got certain frequencies that we're allowed to work on the uh, encryption that we do for our law enforcement guys. We're doing some new satellite radios where uh, we have some uh, dedicated radios that stay in orbit over um, the U.S. as we rotate. So it doesn't they, they're not satellites that rotate the earth. They're kind of in a fixed orbit around us. Right. Um, Stationary. Stationary. Yeah, so it's uh, there's a lot. I've been doing a lot of learning. Um, thankfully, the stuff that I'm learning this week while I'm in Lake Havasu uh, is stuff that I've already have dealt with previously in my BLM career. Um, so that's cool. But we do a lot of work with U.S. Fish and Wildlife with the Forest Service, with Bureau of Rec, law enforcement, with um, Border Patrol, um, and some of their missions that they do. Um, and then some of the Forest Service um, LE programs in certain states, in certain forest regions. So, uh, we do it, it's it's been an eye-opening experience but the office that i'm currently working for covers um radio stuff from southern california to the texas louisiana border they cover some stuff in florida and they cover some stuff up in the far northeast um from uh about the Delaware border up to Maine. Wow. So we have, some, we have some law enforcement officers that we support way up there. So 
it's a, it's a really cool program. I'm excited to be there, but um, for the last couple of weeks, that means that I've been traveling the state of Arizona um, and it's hot here. So You're not being home. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's hotter than blazes that one person said. So, all right, let's get into it. We're getting into tonight. Puzzle talk, how to rate it. How don't do we rate it? But don't skip that puzzle down there. Don't, don't skip, skip it. It's down there. That's okay. I'm sitting there watching his little his timer ticker. He's trying to figure out how long. So this is an interesting question because it it it's obviously more complicated, right? You guys, because I mean, well, it can be more complicated because it's sort of like a challenge cash. What are you rating? Are you rating puzzle? I mean you guys tell me you're the experts, so I'll shut up and listen. Uh, well, um, all right, here, let me, it's not the easiest, um, way to, uh, to do this. So let's, let's get some preliminaries out of the way real quick and show some of this stuff. This is the yeah. uh, stuff from Groundspeak, right? So this is the official guidelines that tells you um, what you've got and what you're going to be looking at. So these are the difficulty ratings on the left. Um, so easy to find or solve within a few minutes is a difficulty one. One and a half is easy to find or solve within 10 to 15 minutes. A two is relatively easy to find or solve within 30 minutes. Uh, two and a half is a mild challenge, but relatively easy for an experienced geocacher. Therein lies another issue is what is your definition of an experienced geocacher? Yeah, that's a whole uh, other can of worms, right? I found yeah. three. I got experience. Yeah, right. Um, so a uh, three difficulty is a somewhat challenging puzzle or hiding spot. Okay. A three and a half is quite difficult. Be prepared for a mental challenge. Four is very difficult and may take some, uh, and may take special knowledge, advanced preparation, or multiple trips. A four and a half is extremely difficult. Most likely requires special knowledge or skills. And then a five difficulty is the most extreme mental challenge, requires specialized knowledge, skills, tools, or significant effort to find, solve, or open. Or it's extremely easier. So this is, it, it, it is, this is multiple fold because you can actually have a, one puzzle that's a difficulty five because the hidden container is just that hard to find. Right. Uh, well, and the thing about this too is you is this was designed with traditionals in mind. I don't think they ever thought about puzzles. Right. So normally if you have a puzzle that's easy and the actual container is difficult to find, 
usually you'll find that on the cash page where they say, you know, this is an easy puzzle. The difficulty comes from actually finding the container. Right. Sometimes you don't. And so you may get there and be like, oh, it's a, it's a four difficulty. Uh, you may breeze through the puzzle. And that may be the hard part because then you're like, oh, the puzzle was super easy. Right. That mean that I had that I had that special knowledge already for this that made it easy for me, or is the hide the difficulty coming from actually hiding of the container? So the difficulty in puzzles is one of those things that is uh, is twofold. So we got this preliminary out of the out of right. the that this is ground speaks kind of catch all for this. Um, and, and so I, we're, we, we've checked the block, we've covered this, but that doesn't always necessarily mean that when you find a difficulty for puzzle, yeah. if he's through it, it, it may be multi-layered. So true. Yeah, now. Well, let's do so. I'll bring your thing back up and scroll up a bit. Oh. Scroll, scroll up to where up to, to the, the top one, of it, I guess. To the one area. Because uh, we're going to help some people out here. Didn't it? Oh, keep going up. To got to the title stuff. Didn't it say guidelines? Oh, it doesn't. Oh. Okay, it's well, but you Different said page. it. They're guidelines. Right, so, right. so when you, if you're the puzzle creator, try to keep some of this stuff in mind, but also know that no matter what you rate it, somebody's going to complain about it. Well, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. Some people don't, people who are new may not realize that. Right. So, um, no matter what you rate it, somebody might complain. So, no, they will you get <laughs> enough people. They will. Yeah, that's not a two. That's a two and a half. Yeah. Oh. That puzzle was easy, and the next person that puzzle was hard. So the other side to yep. and these are, um, again, these are guidelines that come from Groundspeak. Um, but this, this one's tricky. Indoor catches. Yeah, yeah this, this was this was all new to me. I didn't know any of this stuff. So I've never tried to put one indoors. Right. So if you're going to place a cache indoors um, and somewhere this change got made, what did I put? January to March of 2018. Somewhere in that time frame, the guidelines got updated um, that said that if you're going to place a geocache inside, right, it can no longer be a traditional. Which means that a good number of geocaches that are placed indoors, and indoors doesn't necessarily always mean a library cache, although library caches are normally what people think of. But if you have a cache that's inside a business, um, right, if you are um, Cache Advance in Spokane and you have a physical geocache located inside your building, if you were to try to publish that today, it cannot be a traditional. 
Um, and let me see. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I always think library. Now, the library cache I I did was a multi, but I guess you could do them because you can. And a multi works. It works. Um, at least it follows the um, the new guidelines. I was trying to see. Yeah, although it seems like I've only found a couple library caches, but they seem to always have been uh, the unknown, the question mark. Right. Um, and so, um, oh, right here. So here's the guideline where it says indoor caches can never be a traditional cache because they're required to have an outdoor GPS right function to them right so even if your traditional is or even if your puzzle cache the final of it is say inside a library you still have to have an external stage yep external stage could be a historical marker plaque where they have to gather information off of it but that is your outdoor gps portion of of this so that um if you want to place a geocache indoors, um, this goes into some of the difficulty rating on it because is the building open 24 hours a day? Yeah, right. I see. Yeah. Is the building open till 9 p.m. Monday through Friday and then closed Saturday and Sunday? So most days when geocachers um, are out caching on the weekends, it's not available to them. So that would make it a higher difficulty rating, at least in my opinion. Um, yeah, right, right. And whatnot. So this was, um, I helped a friend do a puzzle cache that ended up in a library. And I was like, why can't you just put coordinates at the middle of the building and have them go look at the card catalog? And right. they had sent me this same link that the reviewer had sent them. And I was like, oh, that's new. <laughs> so um and, and you can make these caches that are indoor anything you make them a multi-cache you make it a where i go you can make it a Ooh, where i go interesting box hybrid right right and and obviously a good number of them have been turned into puzzle caches and have some sort of puzzle component to them and gps stop outside of the building that you're going to be finding the cash in um, you just know that if you are planning on going down this road, that there's more than just getting um, permission from, uh, you know, your local pizza shop to put it there in the front window area um, and that it can't be a traditional. So um, start using your, um, your BHG, your brain housing group. <laughs> And start, um, you know, coming up with a plan for what you're going to do for a indoor geocache. Uh, Interesting. So you, uh, so you could put a puzzle. Could you put a puzzle on the traditional? I'm sorry. On the on stage one of a multicache, I wonder if you could create a puzzle so that when they figure the puzzle out, it says go to reference section and go to. Oh, he's got it. There you go. 
There's the answer to the everything's better outdoors except air conditioning. <laughs> That's good. What was it? And you gave a clue is skip. Skip three. Skip three. Oh, interesting. A skip. Those are interesting. Yeah. Um, All right. That's enough for that. So, could you create a puzzle where the outside, so that when somebody solves the puzzle, that they are told then to go to the reference section, go to the J sec, you know, go to whatever. I guess you yeah. could. You could. So, um, oh, is that on this page? Hang on. But in a sense, that's not an unknown. Of course, we're talking about all kinds of puzzle caches. That's something I guess we should have mentioned. Maybe you guys probably did. Maybe the first show that puzzle caches can be multis. They can be traditionals. They can be any any of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. So when you look at this, it tells you um, that you need to make sure. Dun dun da da. They. So here, if the final container is inside a building, then the outdoor stage must provide essential information for finding the final container. Players should not be able to find the final container without completing the outdoor stage. The outdoor stage can be physical or virtual. Here are examples of essential information. So the card catalog number of a book in a public library, the combination to a lock on the final container, Right, a description of where the cache is hidden inside the building if the container is not in an obvious place. Okay, cool. There's your uh, and and remember in in solving puzzle caches or in publishing puzzle caches, you have to tell the reviewer how you solve your puzzle. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, Which I, I ran into this week. Yeah. So you have to let them know this is how they solve it. And this is where the the puzzle takes them, and and especially if you're going to have an indoor cache, um, you have to be able to prove that you have an outdoor GPS stage that requires them to go here, that then leads them inside. Um, so, does, so does all that count for an indoor Earth cache? Yeah, I saw Pizza Ninja mention that. I don't um, think. Well, it has no, to be Earth, Earth caches have their own set of guidelines outside of this. Yeah. And so Earth cache guidelines require you to teach something that's educational, right? That's that's Earth science based. Yeah. Right. So that's like the number one biggest thing with Earth caches. Right. And if you fail to do that, then it doesn't matter where your Earth cache is, you're going to fail. Right. You have to teach an Earth science. Yep lesson and if you can't teach that then it then it's irrelevant right but earth caches have their own separate set of guidelines outside of these that you have to meet um and so you can have an earth cache indoors uh, in fact i've got a couple that i'm working on for a large geology display that's right there's one in the denver airport yeah that's true i mean it's so indoor for earth cache is easy as long as you teach a earth science based lesson where that's educational, that's, that's first and foremost. So as soon um, as you get that question up and I thought about it, I thought what better place than a museum? 
<laughs> in case you were wondering where the link is, we'll throw it in the show notes, but geosociety.org and we'll we'll post that. I'm sure somebody's like, well, where it where is the requirement? Yeah. There it is. So um so yeah, so um so there we go. So that kind of is our caveat, our check the block. If you're gonna post put a geocache indoors, it has to have an external GPS, um, operating hours and business hours and availability to the general public. Uh, will change your difficulty rating based on how easy it is to be available to um, the the mass public. So um, there you go. That's cool. That's and I still outside. got gears clanging in my head. So if it's at a museum and they charge a fee, I mean that that would still fly, wouldn't it? Because you yeah. It, it now ground speaks rules on that say that it has to be a reasonable fee. Um, so yeah, they, you couldn't do the hundred dollar extra spelunking thing at a cave, you'd have to have the normal entrance thing that anybody right. could do. And so, um, perfect case for that is the webcam cache at the Colorado Springs Zoo, it's indoors. I say indoor, the, the webcam is inside the gate, okay. At, at the giraffe exhibit. Yep. And so you have to pay an entrance fee. Now the entrance fee is like whatever it is, $12. That is a nominal fee. And that's written in the guidelines that says if it is at a place that charges admission, it has to be a nominal fee. Right. right? There are caches inside Disney, Disney World, Disneyland, whatever the one is in California. Disneyland. It's a virtual, yeah. You can't have virtuals, but I haven't been to any of them. Yeah, they they don't allow containers, but yeah, there's there's virtuals, right? Yeah. So, um, but again, those caches have been allowed to stay because they believe that admission price into the park is a nominal fee. Nominal, well, for Disney, maybe it is nominal, but not for the rest of the world. But, uh, um. Huh. So what if the puzzle could you, okay. So I'm kind of stuck on this. I'm sorry, but what if you, uh, stage one tells you to go to X marks the spot inside the library, for example, Okay. So you get there and you open up a book and let's say it's inside the book there's a piece of paper and the piece of paper has a puzzle on it to send you. So at that point, could you then have multiple obviously the, the library would be in on it, but could you do almost like a, a, a treasure hunt within the library to uh, to get you to a final because your gps requirement was met with the out the one that's outside yeah you could um in fact i think there's one near in down your area down in arizona that's famous for having that i was trying to find it um, um, I, the trick would be 
are you going to label each each stop at a different bookshelf as a physical waypoint? Oh right, oh, yeah. Oh, can they can they have to be five hundred eighty feet away? No, oh. I believe they can be closer than five hundred and twenty eight feet. I'm sorry, five twenty eight. So I meant, yeah. Um, but you you have to be able to show that in your. Yeah, Prescott. Thank you. Yeah, so um, you ha you have to be able to if you're going to have multiple physical stops within a library, then you have to be able to get somehow express that to the reviewer in your reviewer note, unless you just simply don't tell them that. Well, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I, and we don't uh, advocate that. We always advocate that you're yeah. when, your reviewers. I mean, it could be legit. You don't have to necessarily, you know, doesn't have to go crazy with the, you know. Right. But you could definitely lead them to one set of book, to a book that you've gotten permission from the library to, uh, you know, glue something to the, to the very last blank page in the book. Yeah. And, you, and you've glued a sheet that has a cipher or a, a code that has to be broke or something that's relevant to the book in their hand, right? Like a book cipher. Right. That lead them to another hiding spot in the library. Right. That's perfectly legit. Yeah, you could do I mean, that's, I think that's, that is, that is fascinating that you can, I mean, you can put puzzles in, in put puzzles. I think one of the things that I always forget about, and I guess I need to really kind of open, keep my, uh, keep my options open in my brain about these is that puzzle cash doesn't have to be the unknown type. It could be anything. Yeah. So other than, I don't think, it, we, well, you could put a puzzle on earth cash, I guess. Right. Kind of. To me, technically it is. Yeah, it kind of is a puzzle. In a sense. That's, that's, the, that's the big one. Yeah. Again, as long as you're teaching that geology, earth science-based educational requirement is, is the big one. So as long as you can teach that. Right. I mean, it's asking questions you got to answer. You do the same thing on. Right. Some puzzle caches, except for puzzle caches, will give you coordinates or something to go find something. Where in Earth caches, you get the CO's blessing to log it or not. And the hard part about that is getting it past uh, Earth caches went through a huge renovation in like 2008, 2009. And then all of a sudden, wait, am I wrong? No. Somewhere along there, there was a big out. Somewhere, all of a sudden, they just stopped and revamped the EarthCache guidelines. Yeah, your requirements. Yeah, it made it very hard for EarthCaches to get published. You couldn't just use information off of a, a sign or something. Yeah, graphic sign or a placard that was out there somewhere talking about a meteor crater. Like right. you actually had to have them do some critical thinking questions. And so when that happened, you saw some of these people who had, you know, 
over 100 earth caches published all of a sudden haven't had an earth cache published since then because the guidelines are now stricter so earth caches went through a, a big revamp right years ago and you just got to remember that you you're going to have a earth cache reviewer come in and review your earth cache and and they are very specific and very picky about certain things so right. so here's going into it yeah here's the one that i was thinking of that was mentioned it's in uh prescott uh it's it's currently unavailable because of the crappy time we live in but this is the one indiana jones and the flame of chantico part one it's in prescott but it is in the prescott valley public library and um so they they make you will make you they they you get to go around in the library and find various um parts and their coins that are sort of in the in the library that you have to go find mm-hmm. And they give you some clues as to where to go and stuff. Um, and basically, this is a this is a puzzle cache because you can check your solution. It's got the got you. Um, oh, you check your solution for part two. Yeah, so because it's a two part. Uh, so anyway, so this is kind of that idea I was thinking of was that. Um, you could you could take that idea like you're talking about and expand it into something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. How many favorite points that thing got? Oh, it's got a bunch. It's got uh, it's it's in the two hundred one book. Two hundred right. and seventy nine favorites. Uh. 279 and it's been found uh 359 so it's almost i mean that's that's, that's really good I'll tell you at the top what the, what the percentage of that is that's uh 86% of premium people have favorited it that's that's darn good right there yeah i mean it's it falls in it falls in the uh, most popular in the in the in the book, shameless plug for the two hundred one geocache is defined before you die. I guess it is shameless. Anyway, it's in there. It's uh, let's see if I can I can see what I'm doing. But I stick in front of the camera that I can't see what I'm doing. Anyway, there it is. It's in there. Both of the flames of Tampico are in the are in the list. So anyway, yeah, shows you a good example of what you could do. Uh, with a puzzle, oh, which back to and the, the end of the cash. It's a three, one and a half. In case, since we're getting get back on track with our original topic, <laughs> so a, a three, one and a half. So interesting. All right, so I guess getting back on track, let's let's do this. So with all of the stuff that we've already mentioned from. Uh, the powers that be um, at HQ in uh, Seattle. 
I agree, by the way. All the Raven caches are great. Go ahead. Uh, how exactly do you rate a, a puzzle cache, right? Um, so for me, one of the first things that I do that is that uh, imitation is always the uh, – it, right. And so if if I have come across a easy to duplicate puzzle that I enjoy doing, right? Usually copy it, right? Sure. No <laughs> lie. I'm not I'm not I, even, have, I have never done that. Oh, please. <laughs> um so it, don't lie to the public like that. If you're copying a previously done puzzle that you have already done, was the difficulty part of it accurate? Ooh. Right? And I know that's subjective. But if you have already done one that somebody else has previously published and all you're going to do is change the numbers in it, the puzzle relatively stays the same. Yeah. Okay. I see, what you're, I see where you're going with this. Right. And if you sat there and looked at it and said, oh, that was a – a two and a half difficulty. That's probably that's probably right. Did it again back to Groundspeak's guidelines? You know, was it semi easy for you to solve? Did it take you a little bit, but relatively done in a short amount of time? And if the answer to that's yes, then their court their rating system for the one that you're copying is probably fairly accurate. And if that's the case, uh, I probably would stay with it. Um, Okay. You know, um, if if it's not one that you copied, but it's one that you created kind of based off of this crazy thought that you had, you can search grounds, you can search other geocaches for something along the same lines, right? You can look for presidents, you know, keywords, do a keyword search. Yeah. All the geocaches that have presidents or presidential or something like that in the title um, and then look at them and say, yeah, mine's kind of like this one. I think that, that, you know, this would be, you know, accurate. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's throwing darts at a dark board in the dark sometimes for some of this. Yeah. Well, sure. Said, you may, you may think that, yeah, that's going to be, that's a solid three and a half. And you're going to get people that are upset with you on both sides that that's, that's either way too hard to be a three and a half. You need to make it go up or people that are like, eh, that's pretty easy. You probably make that a two star, you know, so you'll yeah. have upset with you either way. Um, it, it's just kind of, you know, go with it, go with the flow and, and see, um, one of the things that'll make your difficulty score either go up or down, depending again, um, is if the location is indoors and is the final available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. Minus, minus federal holidays. Right. Um, you know, but if it's at a bank that closes at five o'clock, you know, if it's out in the lobby of a bank and the bank lobby closes at 5 PM every day, and it's not open on Sundays, you know, uh, you know that that could make your difficulty rating go up. 
but we touched on that already for indoor. Yeah. Well, and you can put the and you can put the attribute that it's the I guess it's just it's the the does not so it's available twenty four seven. Yeah. So you click on the available twenty four seven. You click on it twice, and it makes it a do not. Right. That's always something that probably needs to be put in the cash description is that if it is a place that has limited business hours, yeah. you need to clearly, clearly list the business hours. What, uh, what, is, what is this cash? Uh, bring, bring that one up. All right. 8X. MPK. MP- Micro. Gotcha. Something karma. Gotcha. Yeah, I was kind of looking at five fives. Uh, savory two, savory two. Is that the right one? No. Oh, I got the wrong one. Never mind. Hang on. That's the wrong one, Gary. What's funny about that is that it's also a, it's a five five puzzle. But <laughs> that's right. this, this one is a two and a half, one and a half. Oh, okay. And I and I can't answer the one and a half part because I haven't gone and looked for this series yet. I just solved them all. Eight X. 8XMPK. This is one of a series of 77 that, and one of them was on Geocache Puzzle of the Day. I think last week, maybe it was this week. I got to change filters. All bars together. Let me clear my filters. That's why it was weird. That's weird. Search. GC. It's called Figure It Out. Figure it out. You pull Number it up. Five. I'll let you pull it up. For some reason, I'm still stuck on my filtering. This. I, you're fine. I got you. Cool, man. Oh yeah, that's the one you were t- you were you were stuck on that one last week. I was stuck on this thing, and so this is just a two and a half, and it you know two and a half right. And if it's and, and that that is the puzzle right there. That's the whole thing, and you just got to figure out what does that mean. And then you put it in certitude, and it'll give you the thing. And I think he gives you a clue, something that it's two words, maybe. So two and a half. What what, what did we say? Two and a half was uh, two and a half. No big deal. How many? I would, no I'm big sure. deal. And then I go look how many de- uh, yeah do failed the certitudes there were. Yeah, the certitude shows uh, 41. 41 good and 112 bad. Wow. Wow. Yep. This whole series is pictures like that, and you got to figure out what it says. And most of these I had no problem with whatsoever. (laughs) Because it's it's called a rebus puzzle. Yeah, I like rebuses. And And I'm. I'm trying to brag, but I'm I'm pretty good at them, but not this one. This one kicked my butt. Look at, and this one will get you a Machu Picchu too if you don't have a Machu Picchu. That's right. Get you get you a wonder. Wonder. Uh, oh man, I could go do that whole series then. Any idea what it says? I know the answer. That's why I didn't bring mine up because it's in mine. Oh, flying cheese. Nope. Cheddar. Cheddar. Uh, cheddar. Cheddar. Okay, hang on. Cheddar. It's got. Let's see if anybody in the 
chat room's going to get it. I'm, I'm doing a... Uh, I couldn't find a th picture thing for it. No. I'm doing, help. A, I'm doing a cheddar pun. <laughs> I googled cheddar puns. Oh, I didn't think about doing that. Cheese the day. Uh, there's a <laughs> cheese Louise. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be what you were looking for there, Gary. No. In, in, the, hint, in the hint, it says it's two words. I'm going down the rabbit hole with the the cheese puns. So I'm going to stop. Oh, somebody's really close in the in the chat room. It's only two room. words. It's got to do. There we go. Oh, there you go. Dang it. I We should have figured that out. But Yeah, but that's just it. So most of these I got, I mean, just seconds looking at them, and that one kicked my butt for like two days. Right. And I finally had to ask somebody, you know, phone a friend. And <laughs> actually, actually, it was text a friend because I wasn't leaving the house. But So there, how do you rate that? I mean. What's <laughs> funny? What's funny is people watching. Somebody, somebody went and got the cords for that. That's that is not fair. Whoever did that, but somebody did it wrong. So that it went. The certitude went to forty two one thirteen. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Everybody else stop for a moment. They're like, "Oh, nope, I better not put it in." They're watching. So that goes to what I have listed as number four on mine, which is. How obscure is the subject matter that the puzzle is based about? Yes. Right. And so some of these, like Tom that said, are, are super easy. He just breezed right through them. You could look at it and kind of be like, oh, you know. And then some of them, like this one, you know, yeah. could sit there and be like, what is that? Um, you know. And that. That's the thing. Sorry. That's the thing. Um, all of us need to realize that my fandom passion for whatever isn't everybody else's passion for them. Uh, you know, if you're uh, Susan and I are currently binge watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Hulu because we're trying to catch up. So... But that doesn't mean everybody else is watching Brooklyn Nine. You know what I'm saying? So you, you got to be careful, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what is that? What's the Hobbit movie? Lord of the Rings, or yeah, yeah. yeah. So if if you had a puzzle based on Lord of the Rings, yeah, man, I'd struggle through it. It my <laughs> butt from one end of the week to the next. <laughs> but if it was Star Wars. My wife could probably look at that and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no problem." And I'd be like, "What? What? It's just not my thing." Now, if you made a Star Wars, yeah, I'm, now I'm, I'm on that. Like, <laughs> on a free slice of cake, man. I'm right. But that's my thing, so I know this, and I don't mind. You know, to me, a Lord of the Rings puzzle is so obscure. It is so out there to me here. Right, right. Right, mentally. Um, but somebody could put it as a two, and you'd be like, really? Really? Man, I'd, I'd struggle for weeks. You're going to make it a two. I mean, yeah. you have to really yeah. kind of think about, if you make it, maybe I guess that's the other thing to remember is if. If it's a two, if, Google better be everybody's friend. That's right. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. <laughs> but, but I mean, if the more obscure the topic, you got to remember that. So I guess you really need to bump your your D your D of the T up. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the other side to that is, do you have to have some special knowledge to solve the puzzle? Right. That's true. Special knowledge, like you can quote the movie as it's playing in the background. Right. Right. I, right. I, I, I couldn't do that. So now again, for Star Wars, I can probably for all nine movies. Right. You're, you know, the big nine movies plus, a couple of the spinoffs and the Mandalorian on <laughs> exactly love the Mandalorian um, love it. On the channel. So um, I probably could do that for those, but Lord of the Rings just as a personal thing. And I know this, but um, again, you know, uh, having some special knowledge or how obscure is your puzzle um, I had a puzzle cache um, at one point in time. It's been archived now because the final location um, broke down. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. While you're doing that, let's kind of clear the field here of the other question, which correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys have done a lot. You guys are the experts, but. When it comes to the T part of it, the terrain, pretty much we're looking at whatever the container is in the final, right? Is that would that be yeah. safe? To say? Yeah, the terrain has absolutely. If it is a lamp, if it's a lamp post skirt lifter in a Walmart parking lot, that right. is a terrain of one. Right. I don't care who you are. If you have a lamp post skirt in the middle of a Walmart parking lot, somebody in a wheelchair can get to it. Can get that skirt lifter up and can retrieve the cash from a wheelchair. That is a terrain of one. I don't right. care who you are. Yeah. Terrain of one. Um, now, if you got a lamppost skirt, you know, somewhere else down a dirt trail, maybe it's different. But that's one of the things that the T rating really has. That is solely what does it take to physically get to the cash container? Um, and and maybe not anything else on the geocache on the screen for the cache page except that. So, right. so if it's on the summit of one of your big mountains you deal with, where it's nice and flat up there at the mountain, and you could you could drive your wheelchair around, but getting to that point is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got some. Terrain four, terrain four and a half. I've got one terrain five up in the mountains where um, not easy to get to. Um, and and I acknowledge that. Um, I also put there on one that I have that I think is a terrain. I think it's a terrain three. You only rise 80 feet in elevation from the parking spot to where the cash location is. Right. But it's at twelve thousand five hundred feet. So those eighty additional feet. Oh gosh, that's an hour of stopping every <laughs> two feet to catch my breath. Right. So, and I put that on the I put that on my cash page that if you're a flatlander that's coming up from Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, because 
It's right close to a popular Jeep trailhead. Places oh. that have oxygen. Right. We've got a couple of those places that sell little flavored canned oxygen. Before <laughs> you go up there, you, you can get you some. Get you one. That tastes like, you know, plum or key lime or whatnot. Right. All right. So let me bring this cash page up. Okay. Um, this is a difficulty four puzzle, right? It's archived now, so I have I don't yeah. I don't mind sharing it. Um, uh, just for the audio listeners, hail Columbia! What was the GC? It's GC five Q J nine B. Q J nine B query. Jasmer nine yeah. bison. Yeah, five query Jasmer nine bison. bison. Yeah, got it. Cool. Uh, so there's your puzzle. Now, in looking at that, what do you? What is that? Who are all of those people? Oh, they're president. Or were they vice presidents? Or were they... Right. Or both. Or both. All right. So there are a couple of things here. Hail Columbia. So you, you're you're both right. These All of these gentlemen were all presidents. They were also all vice presidents. Interesting. So this is taking them as... Vice presidents, because you can see that here I differentiate between A. Johnson and and not A. Johnson. Right. But I don't differentiate between which Roosevelt, Roosevelt or which Bush, right? Right. Because right. Big Bush was the only Bush that was a vice president. There was only one yeah. Roosevelt that was a vice president. But both Johnsons, right? Lyndon Baines Johnson was a vice president right. who became a president. Yep. And Andrew Johnson. And Andrew Johnson started off as a vice president. Yep. Right? Lincoln, yep. This, this actually takes into account what their position was as a vice president, were they the first vice president, the second vice president, the third vice president, right? right? And you add all that together? It just so happens that all of these would all, all also became presidents, right? But if you Google hail comma Columbia, right? Right. It's the theme song, the theme song, that is the official March song of the vice president. Ah, you gave quite a bit of information then. And so, it's uh, missing now because I went in and edited it. Um, but there used to be a background image back here that was the official seal of the vice president. And it is actually <laughs> extremely similar to the presidential seal. So if you didn't know what the slight differences were. Yeah. You, you just be like, oh, that's the presidential seal. Hail Columbia, you know, this, this, this. I had a lot of people who Googled Hail Columbia uh, when I first put this cash out. 
that it brought them to Columbia University. Oh. Right? And it, the cash has nothing to do with the university. Right. Um, so there was there was some of that um, with this cash. Now, it's a difficulty four, and I came up with this rating because I used um, a beta tester team. Mm. So this is one of the ways that I personally get puzzle ratings. I have a group of, at one point in time, I put out a thing on a geocaching Facebook page saying that I'd created a new puzzle and that I was looking for people to beta test it. And what I did was I took the first 15 people who responded that they wanted to look at it. I sent those 15 people the puzzle. And then I told them, I'm going to publish it on Monday. If you have solved it before Monday, send me, you know, your corrected coordinates, you know, whatnot, and, and how difficult you thought the puzzle was. Right. Um, and so um, on this uh, cache. Um, Interesting. I had like Perk White, um, JNLA, who she's a cashier out of Nebraska, Thomas Diaz. Um, they were all, they were the three people that I sent this as the beta tester. They were the only three that actually solved it. Sure. Um, and I sent it to 15 people. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. And so when I asked them, hey, how do you, how do you rate that? Um, they all sent me back uh, three, three and a half, or three and a half, four, somewhere in that ballpark. So I went maybe a little on the high side, um, but that's how I did it. And what I do for my beta testers, again, right, wrong, however you feel about it, this is what I do. For you taking the time to try and solve one of my puzzles initially and then giving me feedback for it, after the first find has found it, I'll go out and put all of the beta testers who actually solved it prior to publications names on the cache sheet, on the log sheet, and then they can log it as at will. Right. right? And so when you look at some of my puzzle caches that I have published, you'll see where people sat there and said that they've logged it with permission of the CO as part of the beta test team. That's one of the perks that I give people who are willing to take the time to try and solve one of my puzzles. Right. Um, I've, I got some flack for that on said Facebook page. Or Yeah. And, so, and yeah. that's okay. But I'm the cash owner, and that's how I do that. Now what I do is I publish. So, so those people have solved a few of your stuff and probably got, what, five or six smileys, extra smileys? And they probably yeah. have how many thousands? So sure. percentage wise, that's like, yeah, that right. yeah, oh, yeah, that's absolutely. Indie. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Right. So now for my beta tester teams, I have created a trackable, and I send them trackable. Right. Um, I also create on my Instagram page at three Charles Watkins. I. I create a puzzle every Tuesday that I do a trackable Tuesday giveaway and I hide one of these out in the wild 
and I create a puzzle that I haven't done for today. So if you've been wa waiting and watching my Instagram page, puzzle is still yet to come for today, but it will happen. If you're in Lake Havasu City, pay attention because the catch, the, the puzzle is going to be right here because that's where I'm at tonight. Um, but I give away one of my trackables. Um, if you're on my beta test team, I send you one as well as a thank you for um, doing that. But I believe that beta test teams are probably one of the most accurate ways of getting coordinate or of getting a solid D rating out of a puzzle because they kind of proof do it for you. They're people who have several hundred, if not thousand puzzle cache solves under their belt and can give you a accurate, this is how long it took me to solve it. If this was one of mine, this is what I would expect it to be rated as. So, that's so what did you what did you rate that one? The difficulty? The difficulty four. I could I could go with that. I'd say at least three three minimum. Um, and but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't lose sleep over you know I wouldn't say oh that can't be a four. Well, no, that's at at the time that I archived it. Let's see. It was published in 2015. I archived it in 2017 um, because the hiding place um, was a scratch tree that was out in the middle of a buffalo pasture at the Thermopolis Hot Springs State Park. So a lot of people go through that area going to Yellowstone and back from Yellowstone. Right. And so that my cache that was no lie 540 feet from there probably has hundreds of finds on it. But my puzzle cache that was sitting there, you know, 540 feet away, got 12 finds in over two years. Simple difficulty rating, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. You had to climb up in that scratch tree, which used to be an old cedar tree that they'd cut all the limbs off but left little nubs so right. that the could scratch up against them. But that's what you had to climb, okay. pegs sticking out of the tree trunk, and the buffalo eventually knocked it over. Um, right. And the state park said, no, we're not going to try and put it back up. We're just going to, you know, go over and they are else for a scratch tree for them. Um, so I archived it because they weren't going to – we figured they were going to, like, hollow it out, put a giant metal rod in it, and then cement it in the ground. And then I could put the cash back up in there. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Yeah, just, I just thought of something. So if you're an American, that cash rating I would think would be closer to three. If you're Canadian, maybe three and a half. And if I'm coming over here with my money, I, I got all this <laughs> money, and I'm coming Zimbabwe. from Zimbabwe, that probably would be a four. Because those names, you know, if I'm from Zimbabwe, that it might be a five. Even those names don't mean anything to me. That's true. But do you take that? I mean, you have to take into account only. I mean, you can't take everything into account. Right. And because that cache was on its way to and from Yellowstone, and there are a lot of foreigners who come over specifically to go to that park. Right. Um, that may be why I listed it as a four. I can't remember now why I stuck why I stuck to the four. Yeah. But, um, but I did. 
you know, for people hunting fizzy grids, that's a, that's a better one to get four and four and a half. Those are hard, you know, yeah. tougher to get, but that also might be what drove people away too. They, oh, that's a four. That's too hard. I'm not going to waste any time on that. Right. I'm here and on vacation. You can solve it from the comfort of your hotel room. Right. Like, like mine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I really, uh, to be honest, uh, it, I think it still holds true for us that are just trying to get further along in our puzzle cash life. I really think that that one, I think I could have figured out it, it's after a period of time, but I think for those that are tuning in or are listening later who are just kind of trying to tip, dip their toe into the puzzle cash world, you know, like we say with anything else, it's like any kind of casher. If you're just starting geocaching, difficulty one, terrain one, and work your way. It's just like, it's like puzzles. Go look for one and a half, difficulty one and a half puzzles and work on those all over the world. You can find them. You can do a filter for the whole, all of the one and a halfs in the world and just work on those for a while. I think within an hour, you and I would have had that thing solved. I would have been, I would have gone down to Columbia University thing because that did cross my mind. Well, I'd have gone but, down. But we also said presidents and VPs right off the bat too. So yeah, we'd have gone down the president route for quite a while, probably because I wouldn't have thought about because your initial thought initial when you look at it when I look at the list, I immediately think presidents. And yeah, I, I did too. That was the first thing I threw out. And then I, you know, I said VP and then. Yeah. Well, and that was the first thing that I got questions from on some of them. I, some of them asked, well, which Bush? Yeah. Which, which Roosevelt? And, and they said, we don't understand why you've dif differentiated between a Johnson and not a Johnson, but you didn't do it with Bush and Bush. Right. That's a, that's a clue. That's all part of the puzzle. That, and, and it's a clue. Yeah. Part of the puzzle. It's good. It's um, good. So, but look at this. Teresa's right. And, and this goes with our beta tester thing. Yeah. Right. When she first started making puzzles, asked a few friends if they could solve it and what they would rate it. That's a prime example of um, what it would be like to, to have a beta test team. Right. They're also good to throwing rocks at your puzzle and find where you messed up with it. Oh, that's for sure. Because I know of at least two of them, that's the puzzles that got published here that I found mistakes with them that would and, and corrected it for the guy, and then got first and got first to find anyway with his wrong puzzle. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you, you that was uh, I think that was your note uh, uh, in there, uh, Tom. That your comment was is perfect. Beta testers are useful just because you think your puzzle is only solved one way. Doesn't mean that's the case. Beta testers can find problems. I thought of a gadget cache. Um, I guess, I guess you'd call it a gadget cache. I had a, a pipe stuck in cement and it had holes in it. I think it was part of an old Christmas tree. So he had about foot and a half a pipe stuck in cement, cement stuck in the ground. He had little sticks like from the pickup yeah. six game. Yeah. Stuck in that stuck in that thing. And there was a film canister underneath all those sticks. Right. And I 
I'm trying to think what he called that cash. I think he called it sticks. Right. And when I went to find it, I took the sticks out and I stuck it in a hole and I did this number and shot the thing up and stuck a stick in and, <laughs> right. and I did it that way. Um, yeah. Somebody else put gum on a on a stick and pulled it up that way. Showed it up right. I know of one person who dug the thing up and turned it over. Oh, I think it <laughs> was saw it was solved five or six different ways before somebody did it the way he intended to drop a magnet down there because he had put something yeah. in the lit. Probably so. Never crossed my mind to do that. So yeah, five you know five or six different ways where somebody did it right, right or right you know yeah we all I've got to the log. Well, and I've come across some like that that I'll take my roll of duct tape out of the car, <laughs> tape all the holes up, and fill it full of water. Yep, and let it float. Let it float. That would have worked. <laughs> that would work. Peel my duct tape off and and recycle it. You know, file thirteen it when I'm done with it. But that's right. There was one cache like that in East Texas where I lived where they had spaced the holes far enough apart to where you couldn't cover all 10 holes or nine holes that they put in it right. and, and pour it full of water. Do they mark it as a... They put on there that it, they put the teamwork attribute on there. It said that you're going to need more than one person. Yeah. Well, you just need a roll of duct tape. <laughs> My relative proved otherwise. Proved what, what's otherwise. that stuff they sell on the TV commercials where the guy just slaps it on the boat? And then oh, that's right. Seal. <laughs> yeah. Flex seal. Flex seal. Flex tape. Yeah. Nice. New use for duct tape. I keep that one in mind. Nice. All right. Final thoughts, I guess, is that where we're at. Well, I, well, but Lee, <laughs> Tom's isn't the isn't Tom has a note in here that says isn't the summit of Mount Everest kind of flat? <laughs> one from a helicopter, right? <laughs> helicopter, seventeen if you're climbing it. Yeah, they that the truth. That's smart. That's you gotta you kind of want to step back. I like the beta tester idea a lot because. A lot of us just really can't completely step back from our puzzle. We just kind of look at it and go, "This is e this is easy. This is a one and a half." I mean, come on. I mean, tunnel vision, right? You're just staring at it, going, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, it's, it's so simple. I mean, one and a half. Come on, it can't be that hard, you know. Let somebody else take a glance at it. They may go, "I have no idea whatsoever," and you're like, "Come on, it's a Rebus yeah. puzzle. It's a Rebus. Figure it out." I mean, cheese dip. I mean, how hard can that be? <laughs> right, apparently, two, apparently, two days worth hard. <laughs> apparently, two, apparently. Oh, that's great, oh, man. So, uh, all right. So, final thoughts from me. Um, think outside the box when you're, you know, think about what an average person would go through to rate the difficulty of a puzzle. And I know that's hard because we all have different educational backgrounds and, uh, and whatnot, but I, you know, what would the average cashier, you know, what do you think they would be? 
use beta testers if at all possible. Um, beta testers really are the probably the the best way to accurately rate a puzzle cache, um, and then pick a pick a difficulty rating and stick with it. There's nothing worse than a cache owner who changes the ratings of their caches oh, I hate that. I hate that. several. Now, if you're going to do that after the first person or the first two people find it and they say, hey, this probably really ought to be a difficulty this and you didn't have a beta test team test it for you. All right. Maybe maybe after the first one or two. But once you get a half a dozen to a dozen people too late, and if you're up there uh, like three and a half, three and a half and above, it's but below five five. Yeah, you get in that upper end, people will track you down and do bad things to you. Well, <laughs> archive, archive it and put it out again if you have yep. to. Yeah, Don't change them. People get home and go, "Yay, I finished fizzy finally." Took me forever to go. Hey, what happened? I had that cash. Oh, it got changed. Well, uh, uh, that is bad. We don't think about it as cash owners a lot of times. We just go, yeah, it really should have been a four and a half and not a four. And you're like, whoa, you can't, you can't be tweaking that stuff now. It's too late. Yeah. I mean, if go ahead. If you get after the first finder or maybe the second finder, okay. But once you start getting a half a dozen people who have found it, no, I leave it alone. I may put a cache a note on my cache page that says that, you know, this, but you know, or I'll change, you know, I may, you know, do something to give them an extra hint or something, but I, I'm not, I'm one of those people that doesn't change the cash rating. I yeah. change the cash, the DT rating on one of my geocaches in the what 11 years that I've been geocaching yeah. one time yeah one time I don't think I ever have first finder found it and emailed me and said I would have never found this had it not been for this obscure hint right on the page that I didn't realize it was a hint until I got there <laughs> and said that probably needs to be a little harder right and so I upped it you know yeah since then, I've had two DNFs on it. <laughs> yes. There so. you go. All right. Good deal. Uh, Tom, your final yeah, thought. I'd say we'll do your best on coming up with the DT, but once you don't, don't lose sleep over it and, and ignore the people who are going to yell at you. Yeah. And yeah. when you're looking for them, I would say ignore it also. I mean, well, you pay a little bit of attention to it, but yeah. don't let the DT stop you from trying to solve it. That's true. That's true. Always make an attempt. Always make an attempt. And the beta yeah. tester, I like the idea how you did it where you did it with Facebook where you you got you didn't use people in your area, you use people all over Timbuktu. So Yeah. You don't have the locals saying, Oh well now I can't get a first to find, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, right. Well and and that's one of the things that I have once I had people who were who had solved some of my more obscure puzzles, I sent them an email, a message first saying, hey, I got another puzzle. Are you interested? Sure. So I have reused those people who are not from around where I live right. on purpose. 
Right. So it's good. Excellent. And then they get a good source to copy your puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Yep. Great. Well, thank you guys. So we're back on in two weeks, two weeks or three weeks. Uh, we will be back on for puzzle talk on the 8th of September, 8th and 15th of September. So right. three weeks from now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 8th and 15th. No, it's, that's two. Uh, oh yeah. Three weeks. Yeah. 25th, next week, the first and then the eighth would be the yeah, third. 25th, Tuesday the 25th of next week and the first are Gadget Talk. So, cool. Well, thanks. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, whoa. There's something you could... What is that? You could... Uh, somebody could... We can't say it on, the, on air, but if you watch the show, you can possibly get you a trackable interesting all right okay say good night everybody <sighs> good night everybody say good night everybody what was that uh say good night gracie good night gracie hi gracie, hi, gracie. <laughs> that's awesome. in three weeks it's gonna be an awesome show oh we got yeah i got two you got two lined up then it'll be perfect yeah. We got back-to-back shows lined yeah. up next next month. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. Get your popcorn ready. That's right.